We're turning today to Psalm 37, so I please ask you that you would turn there with me. If you have a Bible with you or an app that has a Bible app with you, please turn to Psalm 37. And I am going to read the whole Psalm, 40 verses. So please bear with me. Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease to anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, he will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Verse 12, the wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow. To cast down the poor and needy, to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the metals, shall vanish. Into smoke they shall vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful with lands, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore, for the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. 
The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. I've seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Now let us bow down in prayer and ask for help from our Lord. Dear God, Heavenly Father, we ask you for your help. Help us to see and understand what the psalmist is talking about here, but also to take it to heart, these truths here, Lord. May your Holy Spirit open our eyes, our minds to process this information, but also our hearts to accept it and live it out. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity of having this psalm, this wonderful psalm, open to us in what is oftentimes not a, not a very golden time, not a very happy time for a believer when he sees the wicked prospering. We ask you, Lord, that we would have our hearts transformed by your word and that we would, with uh, applying this, by applying this message here, Glorify you in everything, Lord. Give you glory and honor as we ought you, as redeemed people. Live for our Redeemer. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you may remember that we started our series. When we started our series, I came here and expounded a little bit on Psalm 1. And there we saw that right away, the, the Psalter starts with a contrast, a contrast within two ways open to mankind. The way of the wicked and the way of the righteous, the way of the blessed man and the way of the cursed man. Now, Psalm 37 takes this contrast again, talks about it again, but in a different way, for a different reason. Here, David writes a song to persuade the righteous to patience and confidence in God, and he contrasts the way and the future of the righteous with the way and the future of the unrighteous. What David wants to talk about here is how should we as believers react? Or what should we do when we see the ungodly prospering, even when we are not prospering? Look at verse 1. Verse 1 and 2, they are kind of a summary of the topic of the psalm. Verse 1, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Do not fret, that's what the psalm opens with. And it's a, and it's a, a little 
phraseology that is repeated all over the psalm, especially you can see in verse 1, you can see it also in, uh, and it's sort of an inclusion in verse 8, at the end of verse 8. Now, how do we deal with the prospering of the wicked? What do we do in moments when our walk with the Lord may be marred by sorrow and trouble and difficulty, and we see people around us, ungodly people, people that don't care about the Lord, prospering? You see, there are times in the believer's life, times in our walk with the Lord, when we're not necessarily triumphing all over the way. Not everything is going as we want it. It seems like we are stalled. And sometimes we are tempted to envy the prosperity of the wicked when we are at that, that time. When we are triumphing and having everything our way, being blessed by the Lord, or seemingly blessed by the Lord, we tend to forget this. But in times of difficulty, then the grass of the wicked seems greener, and we tend to get worried or envious or fret because of that. Wealth, health, or relationships, those who reject God sometimes are in a better position than those who submit to God. And that's a truth that the Word of God doesn't deny. The material prosperity, however, that we see in the life of the wicked and in our own life is only transitory. And that's what the psalmist is going to hammer over and over again in the psalm. Now, when you feel like that, the psalmist gives us a little recipe, a little formula, two uh, words of advice on how to react to that. And uh, in my understanding, we can divide this psalm into, into four sections. The first advice that the psalmist gives and hammers over and over is between verses 3 and 8. And he, he he asks us to set our mind on God, set our focus on God, God himself. The second one, he calls us to remember that God and his justice will come. God's justice will come upon the earth, both on the righteous and on the unrighteous. But their destiny will be different. The third one, and it's in verses 23 to 33, is that we should remember that God blesses the righteous. And the fourth one in verses 32 to 40 is that we should learn to appreciate the true prosperity of the righteous, the true prosperity of the godly person. And we'll see that the true prosperity of the godly person is found in God. Now let us turn to our first section, verses 3 to 8. Set your focus on God. Now look at verse 3 and 4, verses 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now instead of focusing on the material prosperity of the ungodly, we are called to turn to God, to trust in the Lord and delight ourselves in the Lord. Now, this is not a new concept in the Psalms. In fact, we have this over and over again. The psalmist finds delight and finds hope in God in times of difficulty. And we're even called to, and I, I would suggest to you, 
that we can see this in the in the light of in the light of the words of Psalm 73 in verses 25 and 26 in which the psalmist says whom have I in heaven but you addressing God and there is none upon earth there is that I desire besides you my flesh and my heart fail but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever you see when you see the wicked prospering and you may not be prospering the same way set your heart in God trust in God delight yourself in God now let's look at verses 5 and 6 commit your way to the Lord and trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday commit yourself commit your weights to the Lord the word commit here is actually roll over roll away your cares to the Lord we have a similar thought in, in Proverbs 16 verse 3 listen to this Proverbs 16 verse 3 commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established now in times like this when things are not going the way you want it when you think the wicked is prospering more than you because you follow God you think you should be receiving more blessings than you are at the current moment don't let those thoughts cloud your mind but commit your ways to the Lord trust in the Lord and he will set your focus on what is important and help you see what is important take the words of Psalm 55 and verse 22 listen to this Psalm 55 and verse 22 cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you he shall never permit the righteous to be moved we are to cast our burdens to the Lord to commit our way to the Lord and stop trying to carry all the burden of our of our worries upon our own shoulders that's the only way we'll react in a godly way when we see the wicked prospering around us because they will for a moment they will now look at verse 7 rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass finally the psalmist asks us to rest in the Lord now you may ask me or you may ask this question at least I did when I was reading this for the first time uh, preparing for this how can I rest in the Lord with all the worries that assault me daily it's really easy to say rest in the Lord when everything is calm but in the middle of the tempest when sorrow hits you and when you look around and you realize that you're facing this and you have a God that is stronger than this but he has allowed you to go through it and you look around and you see the the wicked the ungodly the ones that don't care about God and they seem to have a pretty good time they are having a pretty stable time how can you not worry how can you rest in the Lord with all these worries well I suggest to you go to another Psalm Psalm 94 verse 19 when you are when you are assaulted by anxieties think of this Psalm 94 verse 19 listen in the multitude of my anxieties within me your 
comforts delight my soul. We should take delight in the comforts of the Lord, in God himself as our comfort. Now I want to ask you, and this is the only ver verse we're going to go outside of Psalm today. Please turn with me to 1 Peter. First Peter, chapter 5, and we're going to start reading verse 6. Look at this, First Peter, chapter 5, and verse 6. Why is it sometimes difficult to cast your cares upon the Lord? It's not the first thing you think when you're going through a very difficult time. Why? First Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So we are asked to cast our care upon him, but Peter gives you this, this little hint here. Why, uh, what casting our all our care upon God means? It means, it actually means that we are humbling ourselves under him. We are acknowledging our wicked weaknesses. We are acknowledging that we sh we're struggling with the current situation, and we are asking God to take control over the situation. And that takes a great hit in our own pride. Even as believers, sometimes we struggle to cast our cares upon the Lord. We want to hold everything under our own control. And that requires us to accept that we can't, we can't do everything. We can't control everything. We have to cast ourselves, cast our cares upon the Lord and rest in Him. Only when we do that, we humble ourselves upon the Lord and say, Lord, I can't do this. I'm tempted to fret. I'm tempted to be envious of the one that is prospering and is wicked. But I don't want to do this. I want to cast, commit myself, and trust you. It's only then that we have this rest in the Lord. Now, let us go back to Psalm 37. And let's look at verse 8. And now, the danger of not following this advice is to fall into anger. Look at this. Verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. So on one hand, we have this marvelous uh, tool at our disposal, prayer, casting yourselves upon the Lord. But we've got to be careful, because if we don't care, if we don't take care of it, we may be led to anger, to be angry with God and with the world. And an angry Christian has a problem. That's a symptom of not of not uh, being in communion with the Lord and having an issue with the Lord. And that's, that's a problem. We shouldn't be angry. We shouldn't be angry. Now, we're going to go now uh, at a very fast speed over the next sections. Because once you understand what this first section is talking about, then everything else falls into place so much easier. Now, the second section is when the psalmist calls us to remember that God justice, God and God's justice will come. And this is in verses 9 through 22. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 through 11. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the, the land, the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. 
Indeed, you look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. You may remember that our Lord, when giving the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, he quotes this little passage, the meek shall inherit the earth. But what the psalmist is saying here is that the wicked shall be cut off, but the righteous will be established by the Lord. The righteous shall be established by the Lord. So remember, God's justice will come. Verse 12, the wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay those, those of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken. The psalmist is saying that the wicked may try to destroy the righteous, and we see that all the time, but God will vindicate his saints. God will make the, the sword of the wicked, of the sword of the ungodly, thrust their own heart, and their own devices, wicked devices, fall upon them. God's justice will come. Now let's look at verse 16. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. You see again, the arms of the wicked shall be broken. God's justice shall come. The strength and wealth of the righteous has now is the strength that comes from the Lord. It may not be actual material prosperity, but he has the Lord on his side. And it's better than the power and the riches of the wicked. Look at verse 18. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish. Into smoke they shall vanish away. Again, material prosperity fades, but the righteous will always have abundance in the Lord. Time and time again, God's justice will come, and our, our treasure is in the Lord. Verse 21. The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The material prosperity that a righteous has is blessed by God, but the wealth of the wicked is cursed. Again, God's justice will come. So whatever the, you don't have, don't worry. God's, ju God's justice will come. Now let's turn into the third section of our, our psalm. And this is when the psalmist, where the psalmist calls us to remember that God blesses the righteous. This has been a theme underneath the verses we've seen already, but here he draws it out even more with illustrations of how, how it, it comes to pass. This is section covers verses 23 through verses Verse 33. Now look at verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. The Lord establishes and protects the way of the righteous. So the righteous is blessed by God in a special way. 
Look at verse 25. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lent, and his descendants are blessed. The Lord will provide for the basic needs of the righteous and his, inherit, and his descendants. The Lord has a special place in his heart for those that follow him, and he will provide material for the material needs of the ones who trust him. Doesn't say as he will give you everything you want, but he says, I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. Now look at verse 27. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forevermore dwell in it forevermore or forever sorry i put a word there where there wasn't forever now the lord doesn't forsake his saints what a blessed thing to know if you trust your life to god through his son jesus christ he will not forsake you even though you may for forsake him sometimes or some people may forsake you but he will not forsake you god blesses the righteous now let's look at verse uh, verses 30 and 31 the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongue talks of justice the law of his god is is in his heart none of his steps shall slide The life of the righteous is marked by the glorious power of God and his word. And this is a great thing to, to have, you know, in the times of, times of trouble, to have the word of God and be firmly set by the word of God. And this is a source and a channel of blessing for the righteous person in God. Now let us move quickly to the fourth and last section of our psalm is when the psalmist calls us to learn to appreciate the true prosperity of the righteous. And this is from verses 32 to the end of the psalm. Look at verse 32. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. Now, God will never forsake his saints, and he will not abandon his saints. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you. Now, you see that the wicked, they have devised schemes. They have tried to do things, but they're not going to be successful. They will be condemned. But look at verse 33. The Lord will not condemn those that trust him, those that are in him. Look at verse 37. Mark the blessed men, or the blameless men. I'm sorry. Mark the blameless men. And observe the upright, 
For the future of that man is peace, but the transgression, the transgressors, shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. Here is a, a very similar thought that we saw in Psalm one: that the wicked shall not stand in the day of judgment, but the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Now mark the blameless man, because. He has a treasure that cannot be taken from him, and it is in his future peace, everlasting peace, and that should be a driver of much satisfaction of the righteous in the Lord. We have peace in God. God will not forsake us. He will not condemn us. In fact, let's read verse thirty-nine and see the greatest blessing we have. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them, and He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in Him. Our greatest treasure on this earth is God Himself. He is our greatest treasure. No matter what, no matter how, he is our greatest treasure. Now, why shouldn't we fret because of evildoers? Remember, God's justice will come. God blesses those that trust in Him. And if you feel tempted to worry, trust in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Learn to appreciate the spiritual wealth you have. Through Christ, in God, your deposit, salvation, and all the great blessings that come with communion with God. The wicked doesn't have that. You have it. You already have it if you trusted in the Lord. You already have it. You're rich. In fact, you're the, one of the richest per, people walking around today. Do you realize that? And remember the verses thirty-nine and forty, that the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in Him.